Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 131 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. I do hope you are well today. I'm joined by Miles Thompson. Hello again, my friend. Hello again, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Plugging away. Nice that we don't have uh, any more big assignments left. So starting to enjoy a bit more of life again. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> and returning to the pod, Mr. Sean Davies. What up, homie? How are you, sir? Welcome back after a two-week absence. Was it two weeks? It was two weeks. Was it? Yeah. Genuinely, I thought it was like off a week, then on a week, then off a week. No, I'm you, like went, on a week. you went two straight weeks without potting. No. Yeah. That's not correct. Well, it is. I've got it. We, we, we recorded podcasts and you went on two of them. But but I, I listened to the last quiz and got like the Tomb Raider quiz. And then I did the quiz before. And then Kat did the one before that. Oh, that's right, because I was on that one, was I? Yes, there we go. Okay, All right, okay, fine. You're right. You're absolutely right. We, we are like passing ships in the night. We, we <laughs> have just missed each other. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back-ish. <laughs> um, oh. And I, I need to tell... Okay, I need this out of my brain. And I don't and, and, and know that a podcast and the internet is the best place for it, but I need to say it out loud. So I was at work today, and um, I needed a poo, as you do. just tends to happen having a human body and all that. So I went to the toilet and sat down and started my business. And when it finished, the guy in the stall started to F and Jeff. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? This guy was like, blah, 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 chuntering to himself. So I said, are you okay, mate? And he goes, yeah, I'm just pissed off that you're showing off. Followed by, blink, the smallest poo. I ever heard in my entire life. I'm barely even like containing myself here. This is hilarious. Now there's a guy in the store the other end and he starts to wipe his ass, pulls on the uh, tissue paper. Um, and, and you know, the telltale sign of, te- of, of toilet roll being unfilled. And he goes, Oh, for fuck's sake. And this guy's wiping his ass now. This guy, this guy had pooping problems. If you are listening to me, dude, if you, if you somehow stumble across this podcast, I feel for you. I'm sorry for showing off with my healthy poo. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what else to do with this information. Well, welcome to the Finger Guns podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel like we should do away with intros forever now because <laughs> nothing is ever going to top that. If this is your first episode you're listening to, uh, yeah, there you go. That's what we're talking about. Some, <laughs> should we talk about video games now? Well, yeah, right, <laughs> I guess. Let's get into the main topic of the week, uh, which is uh, our game of the week. Uh, thanks for that, Sean. Uh, Miles, what's your game of the week? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still kind of reeling from that. <laughs> um, my game of the week, the one that I've been playing the most of, is Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, so, as you might expect from any call of duty really it's just another one kind of like when you talked about far cry 6 a couple weeks ago ross i feel like another one it's really hard to talk about because what do you even say at this point if you played a call of duty before you know what you're getting into um obviously vanguard goes back to world war ii this time and it follows a group of uh elite kind of spec ops kind of soldiers like a team that's kind of assembled from all the different allied nations going after um some new german threat um it's towards the end of the war and then it kind of each level explores a bit of backstory for each of the the main cast and the team um so you get to know a little bit about them none of them are particularly interesting with the exception of laura bailey's voiced russian uh her name's polina um and she's probably got the most interesting backstory and probably is the best 
probably written of all of them anyway. Um, the campaign's pretty good. It's only about three or four hours long um, on like a regular run through. Um, and it kind of feels like, you know, like when a game doesn't really have that many original ideas. So it kind of goes, let's just do a greatest hits of all the best missions from other games. And let's see if we can just kind of recreate that. And that's kind of exactly what Vanguard does. So there's like a sneaking and sniping mission. There's like a, um, there's one where you're like storming like the beaches of Normandy. Um, there's another one that's set kind of on the African peninsula and it's where they're kind of storming over like these bases and kind of taking out artilleries and following up behind tanks and all sorts of stuff. And there's even sections from like, did either of you play World War II, the last sledgehammer entry? Yes. They even rip off a couple of their own parts. So, you know, the part like quite early in the game where you pick up a dude and then you're kind of like carrying them forward, shooting everyone with a pistol and it's like all hell's breaking loose around you. They literally copy that moment for moment again midway through this campaign and i was like you're kind of ripping off your own ideas which is a bit of a you know you can't really get away with that um but it's all right i finished it and it's a decent campaign but it's not worth the kind of 60 pounds 70 pound whatever it is now asking price if you're just going to play the campaign and a big bugbear of mine that they keep doing with the call of duties now um is that the disc doesn't come with the campaigns installed you have to do them as an online download and that really pisses me off um because if you bought the game and you can't go online for whatever reason, there's no content for you here. You can't play anything. So don't buy it if you don't have an internet access, basically. Um, the multiplayer is good, but it's extremely low time to kill and it is clusterfucky. <laughs> and that's putting it mildly. Um, matches just descend into, you know, kill streaks going off everywhere, there's grenades being thrown. There's very little flinch or recoil. So it's just people laser each other to death constantly. It's It's good fun if you're not bothered about actually doing competitively or doing particularly well um, because the matchmaking seems all over the place in terms of you'll be steamrolling one match and then you'll go into the next lobby and you'll get absolutely battered so it's kind of a constant up and down of whether you'll do well or not um, and zombies is there i've only played a round of it but it's pretty good actually it's one of the few zombies modes i've actually enjoyed since the original ones so yeah overall decent call of duty but it's just another one i suppose <laughs> i don't really know how else to sum it up to be honest but yeah it's not bad Mm. Um, I've also been playing Vanguard. Oh, nice! Um, I uh, I gave you the code, and then about five minutes later, the the advert for it came on TV. Oh, mate! I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch! I want to play that. <laughs> mate. And uh, mate, FOMO gets me almost every time. I was going to say that's major FOMO. The amount of money I've spent just because I want to feel like I'm involved in something it really pisses me off. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, the, the the campaign, like you said, it's uh, it's the greatest hits, isn't it? Essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's um, it's fun. I think I'm on the final level now. Um, I've tore it through Lady Nightingale. Is awesome. I need a, I need a spin-off of just Lady Nightingale and her yeah, adventures. I feel like they just should have done the campaign on her, to be honest, yeah. and just kind of skipped all the rest. If I'm being honest, pretty much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's just there's a moment where you have to um, drive some blitzes over a minefield and jump out sort of right at the moment and. Oh, As yeah. that happens, it was like, ah, oh, oh, Call of Duty's fun, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just those little moments where you go, oh, yeah, no other game can do this as well as Call of Duty. And, yeah. you know, these big blobster moments are always fun. But yeah, that's all right. Um, Sean Davies, your game of the week. My game of the week this week is called Let's Build a Zoo. A um... new one from Spring Loaded and from No More Robots. It's a zoo building tycoon game with a twist. So if you want to build a zoo and have it be the best zoo ever, ever made, 
you can do that with this game. The art style is very reminiscent of, you know, a theme park, a theme hospital. It's got uh, very pixelated graphics and everything's done on little grids. It's a very nostalgic kind of game that way. And it will allow you eventually to make the, the zoo of your dreams. But it also allows you to make the zoo of your nightmares should you wish to, because this game has a, a an immoral, <laughs> immoral tree like a moral decision where you can basically make the evil decisions. And many of the unlocks that you can you can progress throughout the game are based on how morally good or bad you are in the game. So for example, uh, one example is, is an artist will come to your zoo and say, hiya, I've, I've noticed that you have a pig. Would you want to pay me to make that look like a boar so you can pass it off as a much more exotic animal? Uh, another a little event is we found a dog in the park. It's not got an owner, no one's claimed it. Shall we dress it up as a lion? And <laughs> one of my favorites so far. So these animals will breed in like in captivity if you leave them. And obviously, the more animals you need, the more uh, water and food, etc. And I started out with a pen full of rabbits, and these rabbits got completely out of control. Like every five minutes, I was getting uh, like a little ping to say they've run out of water. Their water source isn't enough. They need more um, enrichment. Uh, the, the, the pen is too small. And I did everything I could to make these rabbits feel good. Until this scientist came along and said, hey, if you choose a pen, I will kill every one of those animals and turn them into robotic versions of them. So I did. And I turned an entire pen of rabbits, I'm talking about 20 rabbits, into robotic versions of rabbits. <laughs> um, if you if you choose to be immoral, you can do things like uh, build a factory, so you can turn your dead animals into stuff that you can sell for more money. Um, if you are really immoral, you can basically set up a, a manufacturing line for bacon, which is something that I'm currently exploring. Um, so basically, you get pigs, you breed pigs, put them in a pen, and when they die, you make bacon <laughs> and sell the bacon. Um, I'm currently siphoning electricity off the city rather than buying it. <laughs> so, so basically, as you go through, you can just be a total shitbird. And um, yeah, it is a fascinating game. Uh, it is quirky. And, you know, I'm sure Peter are going to have something to say about this eventually once they cotton onto the fact. But, you know, it's such a breath of fresh air to have this kind of quirky, morbidly fun poke itself like as a genre you are as, as a player normally painted as this omnipotent power for good you know this omnipresent thing that floats in the air and goes oh you need a new waiting room for your, your surgeries no problem i'm just going to drop this huge new thing inside your hospital but in this you're basically like okay i've got i've got animals and i could turn them into hats if i want and sell them <laughs> <laughs> it's it's well good um and if you if it's out on pc now um i'm gonna have a review very soon so yeah it's gonna be great nice man that mike rose has got a dark side hasn't he He signed some great games yeah that and not tonight it's all very it's all very bleak yes yeah <laughs> cool good stuff um what's your game of the week my game of the week is a game called unpacking and it's a game that i've discovered on xbox game pass and this might be one of my games of the year I saw a GIF of it on Twitter. I was like, I don't know what this is. 
And I watched the GIF and I got transfixed by it. And I was watching it over and over and over again. I was like, okay, I need to find out where this game is. And it turns out, lo and behold, it was on Game Pass, which is a wonderful thing. So I downloaded it. And five minutes later, I'm playing this game. And I cannot explain to you how utterly charming and calm and cathartic this game is. You enter a room in the house. You have some boxes. You empty the boxes. You put stuff in places. And that's pretty much it. It's really relaxing. Um, for some reason, um, in real life, moving and unpacking things is one of the most stressful things you can do. But in a video game, for some reason, it just kind of works. And you've got this kind of canvas to, to work on. And you can put places in sensible places or in not so sensible places. And the game will tell you that certain things don't belong in certain places. So there is that puzzle element as well, because you need to kind of put things in the right places. And the game will tell you whether or not it's the right place. But there's something about it that's just so relaxing. I've been playing it in, in between... <laughs> in between my bouts of Call of Duty, Blockbuster, World War II shooting madness, I've been playing Unpacking, and um, I'm sort of playing it in bed uh, via the cloud on the Xbox Game Pass app, and just having a wonderful time. And I can't get enough of it. And the, the best bit is, of course, you can record. Um, you can record your uh, your packing and your unpacking, and it speeds it up, so it looks like you've just done everything really, really quickly. But in reality it takes kind of a long time to get one room done but it's really peaceful and it's really nice and there's something about it which i'm like this is the game that i wanted i mean that and um like lake you know these two games that i didn't expect anything from have proved to be two of my favorite games of the year and they're both very similar in a way they're so they're built for the same way you know they're so cathartic and they're so peaceful and there's no timing there's no rush you can just do things in at your own pace and it's yeah, it's lovely. So if you uh, have Game Pass, even if you don't have Game Pass, uh, seek it out. It's unpacking. It's a really, really nice game. I've seen some amazing creations with the replay feature. Yeah. Where people have basically sat, sat things out and made a story out of it. Even, you know, just, you know, put little things on the on the floor and, and made them play with each other. Oh, okay. I saw somebody put together like a teddy bear football match. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, this this the teddy bears move along on the carpet while knocking the ball to each other. It's really fun. That's cool. Yeah, I guess it works in kind of like a stop motion kind of way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All uh, right then, Sean is back, so it's time for Sean's quiz. Let's go. Okay, I want to. I just want to apologise now because when I put this quiz together, um, oh, okay. So I thought there'd be a few more people here. And there are a couple of questions here that I just I I I designed with people in mind, Uh-oh. and they might not. You know, <laughs> this might be this might be dry. This might be really dry. But this, Miles, this this might be way before your time. But we've done this before. Oh, Basically, this is a quiz on video game weapons. So I have ten lists of weapons, three weapons for each game. And what I want you to tell me is what game or series. I'll tell you which one it is for each question these weapons come from so if i was to say uh like the master sword you would say zelda glad yeah. you finally made it uh legend of zelda <laughs> well done yeah. yeah master's getting in there straight away <laughs> you can have half a spiritual point um, okay i'll take it so are you guys ready i think so okay question one omega sword blue storm and soul edge Miles? 
Oh, I'm not certain on this, but is it Soul? Is that no? Is it Soul Calibur? It is. Oh, thank God for that. Well done. <laughs> okay, question two. Dawnbreaker, Mace of Molog Ball, and Mayrune's Razor. Miles. Demon Souls or Dark Souls? No. Oh, no. Ross, are you going to have a guess? Uh, Bloodborne. No. no. The answer is Skyrim. Uh, oh, yeah. Whoops. Okay, question three. I want the series this time. The M61 Vulcan, the PSG-1 <laughs> sniper rifle. Crash! Miles. Metal Gear Solid. Correct. This is going to be bad. <laughs> Question four. I'll take the series on this one. The Ward Cliff Coil, the Fighting Lion, and the Thorn. Oh. Can you repeat them, please? Oh. Ross? Overwatch. No. No. I will repeat them. The Thank Ward you. Cliff Coil, the Fighting Lion, and the Thorn. No, nothing. The answer is Destiny. Oh, oh man, I played a lot of Destiny as well. Yeah, they were all exotics. Yeah, but when do you ever remember the names of the actual weapons? No, There's so I many. Just, yeah, I just picked them up, and if it went shooty well, then I kept it. Yeah. See, they were, they were three that I remembered off the top of my head, having not played Destiny 2 <laughs> since it released. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, question five the A280 assault blaster, the Vanguard shotgun, and a lightsaber. Sega! What? Jedi Fallen Order. Incorrect. Oh, fucking odds. I know what it is. Fuck! My my host. Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Correct. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question six Premium Heart. Princess Guard and Ultima Weapon. Miles. Final Fantasy? Yes. Any idea which one? Uh, <laughs> seven. Correct. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to go for the most popular one. I'd have given you Final Fantasy, and you can have a spiritual point for getting seven. Thank Hold you. On. Okay. Question seven Geth Spitfire, the N7 Eagle, or the M27 Miles? Mass Effect. Correct. Right, I want the game for this one. <laughs> Question eight. Skippy, the cocktail stick, or the and the D5 copperhead. Whoa. Skippy. <laughs> Miles. Borderlands 2. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so question eight. Skippy, the cocktail stick, and the D5 copperhead. I'll give you a hint. Skippy is a talking gun. Oh! Cocktail stick is a sword. Um, alarm. Um, buzzer. <laughs> alarm. <laughs> alarm. Alarm. Buzzer. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Alarm. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. Correct. Well done. I got one. Oh, hey. nice. Well played. I would never have got that. I know Skippy is that one you find down in the alley, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got one. AI. Yeah, little shit. Uh, okay, question nine. The Heckler and Koch MP5 SD3, the Airburst ATW grenade launcher, and a crowbar. Miles? Half-Life. Correct. 
Uh, and what do you want this one anyway question 10 (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be real close Uh, question 10 lucy and ombra ebony and ivory and the fierce edge miles uh don't make cry don't make cry correct yeah oh ross Ross. i'm not gonna lie i've had absolutely i've had like three stinkers in a row and now i've finally got one yeah, I did. I I did maul him last week in the Zoom Breaker quiz. You did absolutely batter me in the last one, so I feel you like know, this is fair. That was a great quiz too. That was mm-hmm. it. I I was on the edge of my seat. That, congratulations, Cat, <laughs> for listening to this. That was a great quiz. I enjoyed it immensely, and I would batter the fuck out of both of these guys if I was taking part. Just, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cat's not with us tonight because he's not feeling too well. So get well soon, Cat. We'll see you soon. Uh, well, okay. Well, how many did Mars get? He got seven. <laughs> Damn, and I got one. You got one. I'll take it. I got one because of a clue as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still better than I did like two weeks ago. So well done. Well, you got one and a half a spiritual point. So, you know, I did. Take that as you will. I got one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done, Miles. Thank you, mate. Weapons are my jam. Can we have a weapons <laughs> quiz every week? <laughs> We this... cannot, I'm sorry. No. That was really hard to put together. The last one, I did all the obvious ones. It was like Blades of Chaos. And um, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, God of War. And then I decided to do this one, try to make it a little bit more tougher. But I mean, it's really, really hard to find games with good weapons that you remember. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is there uh, any chance next week we can do a quiz that's like games from 1987 to 1993? <laughs> I'm just not going to turn up. <laughs> I, I am one of these days. I'm going to throw out your yeah, Pokemon quiz, just Pokemon, oh, and, and watch you both fuck God. up. <laughs> uh, you've been, yeah, you've been, you've been threatening this since day one, and we still haven't got a full Pokemon quiz yet. No, oh, so I do a full Sonic the Hedgehog quiz. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm definitely not turning up for that. See you later. <laughs> Have fun, Ross. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your romp to a victory. Okay, nice. Uh, right. Thank you, Sean. A pleasure. God damn, I need to remember video game weapons a little more. Um. Could you have said like energy sword or assault rifle or? You know. I did Halo last time. Yeah, and you you got that based yeah. on the needler. Yeah, um, it was like energy sword. No, nothing. The assault rifle. <laughs> no, nothing. The needler. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. yeah. So we know what your weapon of choice is. Yeah, man. Oh, one month today. One month today. Are you excited? Oh my god, man! I cannot wait. I'm That's so right. hype. I watched a five-hour stream of Halo Infinite yesterday because I really want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have like five hours to watch people stream? Well I, well, I didn't watch the whole thing, but you know. Yeah, you did, didn't you? I didn't. <laughs> I'm pants. watching it. In... <laughs> well, it was a Sunday. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching yeah. it in, you know, in parts, Mr. Andy Cortez on Twitch. Um, anyway, yeah, let's get into the news. And this week we saw our first look at proper Elden Ring gameplay. Now, of course, the game is still due the 25th of February next year and this was a nice 15 to 20 minute look at full-on proper gameplay goodness and um, i wanted to get your impressions on it guys so uh miles what did you make of the elden ring i hope i can i hope i can do this justice for toby because i feel like this was like toby's section really um i thought it looked absolutely incredible to be fair but also there wasn't it wasn't as surprising as i kind of hoped it would be i wanted it to look a little bit less soulsy um but it looks like it's got all of the staples of a souls game from the parrying system to the animation effects when you counter someone to you know even like the the jump mechanics look really similar although i think there's an actual dedicated jump button by the looks of it now 
um the open world looks gorgeous uh the design of it and the creativity of it looks amazing and the idea of like a dragon or a wyvern just flying out of nowhere and asundering you off your horse and breathing fire on you just is awesome so i think the look of it is incredible i think there's some subtle new mechanics they've added in terms of the they're adding a bit more to stealth but it looks like stealth is still not really going to be that viable an option it's going to be very much uh, thin the numbers before you then charge in storytelling looks exactly the same you're going to come across lots of weird and wacky characters who are going to talk in very odd and roundabout ways to give you hints of what you need to do but not really um but I, I like the look of it. It was exactly kind of what I was hoping for in terms of it's an awesome looking world. It's got the same great looking combat systems, um, but it's got like a whole new aesthetic, a whole new look and vibe to it. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of showing off 15 minutes of gameplay, you know, a few months ahead of the release, you can see where all the work has gone in. And it's just amazing. This game genuinely exists and is actually going to come out and be a good game. So, yeah, I kind of hoped it was going to be a bit more of its own thing other than just the look whereas it looks like it's going to be a souls game wrapped up in just a different aesthetic but with a lot more bells and whistles on top of it um which i'm quite happy with i love all the souls games i've played them all I'm happy to play more of it um so it's still going to be a day one purchase for me inside that packed calendar of games coming out that month um but yeah i didn't really feel coming out of it i had that much more to say on it because it just looks like more souls which is going to be good so yeah, that was my main impression. Really, didn't really have too much more to add. I don't think. Yeah, I can't believe it's coming out. I know. Like, it was I a genuinely... joke on this yeah. podcast for so long that like, nah, that game ain't ever coming out. <laughs> it's one of those that you look at and you just think that's that's a lovely pipe dream. But with even with like George R. R. Martin attached to it, you just think he hasn't even written his book for like twenty years. So how is he going to make a game within you know a few years? And uh, now we actually have this game and it's genuinely coming out. And it looks the castle section looked absolutely incredible. I love that. The way that they do level design is is amazing and like the way you can take so many different pathways there's so many different ways to approach you know completing anything with that open world now um i'm really excited to see how they do you know a vast expansive open world with their intricate level of designing you know actual games and levels and whatnot so yeah it looks really really good i'm really excited for it yeah absolutely uh john davies i know you're not are you massive on the souls games i don't know if you've like the the biggest fan on the podcast, but I, I've a, not I've not played anything from software in the Souls genre, but I have played a lot of Souls likes. Mm. Um, so I I have not been the biggest fan of Elden Ring up to this point. Like nothing's really sold me on it, and then this fifteen minutes was enough to me get me extremely hyped because. I have played Souls games in short bursts, and everything I've always found is is that it's fine, but it's always got a, a level of junk that I'm not really, I'm not willing to put up with. Like right. if I'm going to spend time playing a game, it's going to kick my ass. I want it to be a good game, <laughs> rather than like you know some of the animations are crap. Sometimes you just get crap sneak attacks from nowhere. You know I just don't want that. I don't want to get beat up because of shit design. Um, this doesn't look like that. This looks um, like it's taking players like me into consideration. So, you know, the way that the horse just bounded down a cliff. Like, in every other Souls game, that would have been, okay, let's go walk down this path. Oh, there's a bad guy there. There's a bad guy there. There's a bad guy there. I'm at, I'm at the bottom of the cliff. This is, I'm just going to jump on a horse and just, just ride off the cliff. And then, you know, during the dragon battle, there was a part where he pulled out, like, a ranged weapon, and there was no targeting required for it. It was just basically 
pulled it out and fired, and the, the arrows targeted the dragon immediately. So it was like, I feel like this is probably going to be one of the games that's the most accessible to people like me who have bounced off most of their Souls games, but have enjoyed other Souls-like games, like you know, Jedi Fallen Order. I love the combat in that game. Um, even the Fallen. <laughs> um, every Souls like that I played, I've enjoyed. It's just not the From Software ones. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that this would be the one that would get me involved. You know, it happened for Toby. Toby started off, oh, I don't like it because it's got no story. And then, you know, platinum half of the freaking Souls genre. So, you know, hopefully, I'm quite excited about this game now. So cool. we'll see. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like you. I haven't really delved into them all that much. Um, I tried to play Bloodborne um, a little while back, but um, my snobberiness of my TV now, I can't play it in 30 frames. So <laughs> I'm going to wait until one day this magical 60 frames patch comes to Bloodborne, if it ever does, and probably start there. That patch will cost you 45 quid, you know that, don't you? Yeah, I know. But, Definitive yeah. edition or director's cut or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's actually sacrilege that game hasn't had a 60 frames update yet. because bizarre, it's, isn't it? It's just such an incredible game and it's been wasted at 30 frames. Yeah, I think I think they're waiting. You know, they didn't uh, they didn't update Horizon until Forbidden West got a uh, got a proper announcement. So we'll see. Something is coming. It might be around the time Butter Ring comes out, who knows? But uh yeah, again, you know, I think people keep telling me to start on Demon Souls. And I'm just waiting for that to go down in price a little bit before I jump in because I think that might be a good place to start. But Hello Elden Ring, you, oh thanks, man. I haven't got a disc drive in my PS5. Oh so yeah, that's... you got the digital one. I did, yeah. Oh, I like that. I appreciate the effort, nonetheless. Um, yeah, Elden Ring looks beautiful. Um, it looks really great. Um, one of the things that's always put me off these games is I'm kind of with Toby. It's it's kind of a it's kind of linear and kind of pointless because there's no, I don't feel like there's a goal because you're not really trying to build a narrative through these games. And something that always kind of put me off, not really, not necessarily difficulty. It's, it's not that they're hard. It's just that there is a way to learn these games. You've just got to kind of parry, <laughs> parry at the right time and you can complete any of them. And that's always been uh, in the back of my mind. So I think, if you were to start with Elden Ring, I think it might be, it looks like it's going to be a, a kind of an easy way in. I think um, we made a joke about it looking like Breath of the Wild. And I think it does have those elements for sure. And Shadow of the Colossus, um, that that um, that fight with the dragon was amazing to watch. It was incredible. And the various power-ups. And it's just, yeah, it looks, it looks terrific. And I think it's going to be a real massive success for the fans of the genre for those who are kind of like looking at from software going, you guys just make the best stuff. Um, they're going to be really, really happy. I can't believe it's coming out on last gen consoles as well. Um, I'm assuming that's just for sales purposes, but yeah, I always thought it would just be a proper next gen kind of showcase, but yeah, I guess not. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It's obviously dropping in a very busy time. Um, and I know that these games don't appeal to everyone, but uh, one imagines it will sell rather well, and it's going to be a, an interesting fight between that and uh, that and Horizon that week uh, to see what uh, to see what takes the crown. But yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm excited. Just I think I'm excited, more excited to watch people play it. I'm excited for people that are really into this genre to get their hands on it, and I just want to see how it goes down because yeah, 
I, I would like to dip my toe into something like this for sure. But uh, I think I've got to get a bit of experience first. So, yeah, if I ever get round to downloading Demon Cells, then, um, then yeah, I think then would be the time to sort of learn it properly. See, while I agree, I also think that there's quite a differentiation between Souls Combat um, and Sekiro and... This kind of looks like it's somewhere in the middle. Mm. So maybe maybe it might be just good to go in like cold. Like this yeah, maybe first. Maybe. Yeah, I'd like to be I'd like to at least beat one of these games someday. Yeah. I would say as well, the magic options look like they've really been expanded for um Elden Ring. Like some of the stuff they were showing off is like you don't have much anything like it in any of the other souls titles they've always had like sorcery and miracles and stuff in them and you can power up attacks and do various different like range spells and whatever but it's never looked on the scale or as practically usable for an entire playthrough as it looks from that gameplay demo you know they were showing off some really ridiculous stuff like having summons that you can call in at any time um other than you know in the previous games you've always had like co-op npcs or co-op players that you can join but you've never had summonable random creatures that you could just bring in to fight alongside you um i think that is going to make it a lot more accessible sekiro is one of the hardest ones to get into because it's all parry focused bloodborne's very aggressive and the souls games are all very turtling at first you have to get used to biding your time and like sean said kind of dealing with that jank whereas elden ring looks like you're gonna have the option to almost play it any of those means that you want to so you can really find a play style that suits you whereas the others will have a a play style that kind of funnels you into doing if you want to do well at it. Um, so I think Golden Ring probably will be the most accessible of all the ones um, just based on my experience and how I've played them. And yeah. I started on Bloodborne and I found, I went to Dark Souls 2 next weirdly and that was hell making that transition because I went from an ultra aggressive, you're constantly hitting, trying to get health back, etc., to a game where Dark Souls 2 is like all about just turtling up and tanking damage and, knowing when to pick your shots and when not to, and the environment will kill you at any time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think Elden Ring will actually be a nice stepping in point if you are relatively new to the series. Cool. And it's got multiplayer, so you can carry me all the way through my campaign, can't you? Yeah, you can just summon me and Toby in and we'll come in and just wipe everything out for you. Yeah, <laughs> see, it's fine. It's easy shit, this stuff. Oh, yeah. we, got, we got this for you, mate. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we'll get that platinum. Definitely. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, right, let's get into some interesting news that are coming out of um, IDOS in regards to the fallout of uh, their Avengers game. Now, we all we all got our opinion on the Avengers game. Some of us like it, some of us don't like it, some of us think it was kind of a wasted opportunity. And it looks like um, the head of Square Enix has claimed that Crystal Dynamics was a bad fit for Marvel's Avengers, given its lack of experience with the game as a service model. Um, I'm going to read some stuff from VGC. Addressing shareholders in a statement published in the company's annual report, President Yasuke Matsuda said Square Enix needed to learn from the game's disappointing performance. Notably, he highlighted the importance of matching development studios with game designs that best suit their skill sets and interests. Avengers developer Crystal Dynamics is best known as the studio behind the single-player Tomb Raider series of games, and its next project is a collaboration with Xbox on Perfect Dark. Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious, was an ambitious title for us, that we took on the games as a service model. We overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic. We were able to surmount these challenges and release the game, 
but it has unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Now, um, it goes on. I can add a link to the uh, article in the description if you choose to read it. What do you think about this? What do you think about words? A square is right with crystal, crystal Dynamics, not the right studio to do this. Or would they would have been the right studio to do this if the games as a service model was not implemented? Um, Sean Davies, what do you think? Um, I think when you take on a project as, as momentous as the Avengers, it has to be that there's a certain level of expectation that comes with that name. You know, with Spider-Man, uh, the game, you have to have swinging, you have to have um, wall crawling, the spider sense, the, the fluid combat. They're all things that, you know, have been done in games for a while. You know, you look at Batman, you've got the same kind of setup, but the same kind of structure. With the Avengers, you've got so much. You, you've got, if, if you were to do an Avengers game justice, you've got to have sections for the Hulk, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Thor, etc., etc. You've got to be able to accommodate all of those characters within a game. And I think um, Crystal Dynamics probably did the best with the setup that they had. I don't think there are many developers in the world that could have done a better job having had to make a service game out of the Avengers. And I say this all the world in the world, if you want to make an Avengers game, you make it open world and you accommodate every single one of those characters' powers. You don't turn it into a service game because it doesn't work. You know, it's, it's, it's evidence that, you know, the game itself, it felt like every other game. You didn't ever feel like you were playing as Iron Man. You felt like you were playing, you know, um, what was that flying game um, that EA ditched? What's it called? Oh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember what it was called now. The Iron Man game, when you're flying through biomes and whatnot. Was it Iron on Man, like, Iron VR? Anthem. Sorry, yes. <laughs> oh, bloody Anthem. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, the Anthem, you know, that, that was an Iron Man game, you know, basically. And you needed to combine those mechanics with Thor mechanics, where he can fly and shoot electrics. And you needed to be able to jump around as Hulk. What they gave us was like, the the only the only fix for a service game for the Avengers. If they ever make it on the Avengers game, it needs not to be a service game. Because the thing that, you know, the restrictions that come with being a part of a service game would never have played that well as an Avengers game. And I think everyone kind of knew that this was a writing on the wall. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed what I've played of the Avengers. But also it was never gonna when you want to defend this game, that isn't what you want, is it? And no. I, gen I genuinely think that the, the only way to have made this game um, is to do it, to basically give it to um, Insomniac in about two decades, de decades time. So when they've done Spider-Man and they've done Wolverine and they do whatever Marvel hero that is that they're doing next, you know, they, they give them Avengers having done all of this already the same way the films were built up you know you did Iron Man they did Thor you know Captain America you, you couldn't have just done the Avengers yeah <laughs> so I think you need to have laid the groundwork in for the developers to be able to make a game of this size and caliber that people were expecting and you know no developer in the world was going to 
deliver on that, I don't think. In my personal view, I just don't think it could happen. Do you think that's why Square Enix kind of pushed Guardians as a non-service game? Oh, for because sure. Because of Avengers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think it's it's all it's all the better for it, you know, because mm. it's it's doing you know, well, isn't it? It's getting good reviews. Yeah, it's got good reviews and it's sold well. You know, this when when you when when you think about the target market for these games, you know, we this I bet the Venn diagram of comic book nerds, video games, and movie people who would absolutely buy that game on day one is like a circle. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's not that much of a, a, a lap, overlap outside that circle. You know, it's. They, they did the right thing by making that. Can you imagine if that was a multiplayer game? The bullet sponge enemies, mm. basically Destiny with the Guardians, the Galaxy skin. It would just be... Ugh. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> um, Miles, what do you think? Do you think Crystal Dynamics have been kind of unfairly treated um, I mean, in this? Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of obvious though, doesn't it? Why would you take a developer which is specialized in making single player focused experiences which have been very heavy on story and exploration and everything else for basically three games or two games as it was and then put them on a live service multiplayer emphasized title that's based around repetition which requires lots of gameplay loops and you know looting mechanics and cosmetics and all that kind of stuff which isn't really their bag it just seems like a really stupid decision to put a studio on it who don't specialize in that you think you know with the resources Squeenix have you know they'd be able to you know pull the talent that they have that specialize in those kind of titles or whatever but it just the moment it was announced and they showed off that little kind of gameplay trailer thing you could instantly see that the combat just didn't look right it looked like it was just going to be one of those floaty repetitive you know mind-numbing kind of games that you drop into and You'll play for a bit, but it would very quickly become very uninteresting. And it, it almost put me off immediately. And with the Avengers name, like Sean said, you kind of have to make it where you've almost got to make different games and roll them into one whole game. And to do that, you can't really have it where you can constantly be switching between them on the fly and stuff, because otherwise you just lose what makes that character, that superhero super. Like they just become another generic, you know, protagonist you know item for the player to use and they just lose all sense of their own kind of identity in it and i feel like i feel like if crystal dynamics were maybe given the time or were able to do what they wanted to do i imagine we'd have got a very different game and we would have got a much higher quality game for it as well and i think i've never been a fan of live service in general because i think what it does is it stifles creativity and it stops you being able to create the vision you want to make because you have to funnel things in a certain direction to make sure you can monetize it or for example you have to nerf hulk so that you can make it where he can be leveling up or upgradable or can have different cosmetics or items that you can attach to him which makes no sense his character is that he is literally a ridiculous all-powerful being and you're trying to fit him into but he's got a level cap and that doesn't it doesn't work with those kind of characters it doesn't work with that kind of that power trip that these characters are supposed to give you as a player or as an audience. And it just, yeah, it just never seemed like the right fit to me at all. And I, I do feel sorry for Crystal Dynamics because they've been thrown into a situation where they can win. They were told they have to make a live service game. They've got this IP. Everyone's got massive expectations on it. You know, even if the game came out good, which personally for me, I don't think it did. I still don't think it would have been given the credit it deserves because live service will always hold it back. So I would have liked to have seen what they would have done with it without those constraints put on it, what game they would have made. And I think it's fair that I didn't play 
pretty much any of it myself but i heard that the campaign or the story actually had some good moments in it and some good storytelling and i think you can see that's where they probably managed to shine through a little bit and it's just a shame they weren't able to emphasize that more and i don't think it's that they can't do multiplayer elements or that they couldn't do you know an online mode i just think putting a live service has to have a lot of variety it has to have a really engrossing core gameplay loop to keep you tied in when the story runs out and I just feel like that wasn't Crystal Dynamics' bag. And I feel like it was a bad decision on Square Enix's part to A, mandate it to be live service. It felt like a, a cheap kind of cash in. But hopefully they've learned their lesson now with Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, fingers crossed they'll actually get it right for the next kind of, if they do decide to take it further or do something new with that franchise. But it mm. just felt like such a wasted opportunity for me. But the writing was on the wall immediately. I remember texting a friend and being like, that game's going to be shit. <laughs> um, the moment <laughs> I saw it, I was like, it just, it doesn't look right. It just doesn't look as it should. And yeah, it was a real shame though. I would have liked to have seen what they would have done otherwise. But uh, yeah, what do you think with it? Well, I think, I don't think they never, they never really helped themselves. Um, because once the game launched, it didn't launch in a stable way. The, those first few weeks was were completely disastrous. And I don't think they ever really recovered from that, to be honest. I think there's always, there is a way of like, okay, games shouldn't come out in a mess. When they do, give it time to get fixed and then play it. It's like, well, by then it, it'll probably be too late. You know, no other entertainment industry does this. You don't have songs that come out with, you know, instruments that are playing incorrect keys or films that don't have their... VFX finished or scenes missing, you know, it's like, why is it so acceptable in games that we, that, that we let them get away with it? But it's, it's such an interesting thing with the Avengers because obviously, yeah, that name brings a lot of hype. And of course we were excited, but at the same time we were like, do we really want Square Enix and Dynamics making an Avengers game? It's like, we've just come off Spider-Man um, through Insomniac. And that was, one of the best action adventure games of the year, if not of maybe of the last five, five or 10 years. And if we wanted a full on Avengers game, we kind of want Insomniac to make it. They're not going to at least, well, maybe, maybe they are, who knows what they're planning, but you know, I thought it was a weird call at first because Crystal, Crystal Dynamics are known for their single player games. And we talked about them, you know, Adam Finnington last week, we just had a great time chatting about the, the, the reboot series that they've made for Tomb Raider. And that's what they're good at. And if we could have had a story of maybe just one of the inventors, like the same way that Guardians, I think, just focuses on Peter Quill. You know, you only control Peter Quill in, the, in Guardians, I believe. Um, I haven't played it yet, but that's what I think happens. And, you know, why, why is that not an option in the Avengers? You know, why the game is a service model it just won't work for something that big. And because that they've, they've got these planned expansions and the next-gen versions that are still coming, um, we um still waiting on Spider-Man. We'll talk about that in a second. And, you know, they had XP boosts. They added XP boosts for, for, for like returning players. You could buy XP boosts. And that's just, it's just, no, don't do that. They've now removed them due to the backlash. But there was just something that every time something new happens to this game, it almost makes it sound worse. And it doesn't seem like it's the fault of dynamics. I think they're trying to right the ship. Of course they are. They've put years and years into building something that we should have all really enjoyed. And unfortunately, you know, whether it was not it was Square forcing the service model into the game or Dynamics wanted to experiment, it's 
it's a real shame that it's ended up this way because there probably was a lot of potential with this. Um, we, I, I remember, you know, us making jokes about that whole, you know, the um, that that one scene at the very start of the game, the bridge, uh, where we just saw it over and over and over again. We played the demo and it was the bridge. We, we Sean and Greg went to EGX and played the bridge. You know, it was it was just. Um, is there any more to this game at all? And of course, it's a good way to showcase the game because you, it allows you to play as all five Avengers, one after the other. But you know, my favorite character was Miss Marvel, and she just sort of gets sidelined once you slowly get all the images together. And it, yeah, it really took it out of it for me. So the story is fun, but once you get all the Avengers back, bizarrely, for some weird reason, it's just not as fun as it should be. And yeah, I don't think there's a huge future for it. And we'll probably get into that now, but you know, yeah, there's nothing, nothing calls me back to Avengers. And that's a shame because it's an Avengers game and it should be a lot of fun. But there we are. They, I think it was dead from the off and uh, we can't save it. But they are bringing Spider-Man to PlayStation. Again, this is a weird choice. Of course, it's PlayStation. So Spider-Man is kind of synonymous with PlayStation because of Sony and because of the Insomniac games. And Spider-Man is coming to the game this month. Uh, we don't know the exact date just yet, but it's definitely happening this month. Uh, Sean, is it too late for Spidey to save the Avengers? I think it's too late for it to save the entire game, but I do think what they've been doing recently with putting it on PlayStation Now and putting it on Game Pass, I think that's going to probably give it enough players to keep it going. So, like like you were just saying that you know the the crystals and Square have been trying to make amends out of this whole mess that they've made. You know they've probably had X investment and they've got to try and recoup that investment. And by, by doing these things like boosters and stuff, that's that's the way, their way of trying to get the money back. But unfortunately, you know, it's backfired in the face a couple of times now. Will Spider-Man be it? I mean, for PlayStation gamers, you know, PlayStation Now, there's quite a lot of people who subscribe to PlayStation Now. You know, it's not in the Game Pass numbers, but, you know, if, if, if you put an advert on TV... You know, you put it in in the middle of a Champions League game or you put it on, you know, a couple of Premier League games on Sky or whatever. You're probably going to get a couple of people signing up to a service to or buying the game because of a Spider-Man trailer, partly because you've got a decent Spider-Man game that's just been out and partly because it's Spider-Man and everybody recognises him. So it is probably going to drive some players to the game, just nowhere near as many as if this game was good and this DLC was good then yeah but also i just i just don't know see how that's going to play out so we'll see yeah i mean there's no footage yet is there they haven't shown anything no no and, and i it, it could be right you know like you've got the black panther and stuff yeah um, it could be the fact that it is just a character so it could just be an, a, another a play, another character in the game that you could play as mm. you know in the multiplayer aspect that would be the worst if that's yeah. the way, if that if that's the way that this whole you know Spider-Man exclusive thing works, if it is just the fact that you can now play Spider-Man, but you can't swing around because that would break the game, and you know it is just basically Spider-Man powers in in the rest of the game, then that is the biggest waste of that character in that series. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping it's actual DLC with a, a level and a theme to go alongside a character that you can play as. But again, I'm not hopeful. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, and people are going to be comparing it to the Insomniac Spider-Man as well, aren't they? Oh god, it's going to get raked over the coals. Regardless, <laughs> there's no way he's going to be that good. So, yeah. Uh, well, we shall see. Uh, Miles is Spidey enough to tempt you back into uh, the Avengers? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think if anything, it's just going to be a really good advert for Insomniac Spider-Man to show how it should be done properly. And yeah, yeah the fact that nothing's been shown yet and this has been delayed for however long now, I just. I don't know. It gives me a bad vibe about it. Even when it releases, it is just going to be like a reskinned character model with some slight deviations to powers to make it look like Spider-Man. And I just, no, <laughs> it doesn't turn me in the slightest, I'm afraid. So there's no extra character stuff because, I mean, Black Panther came along and had a whole story mission. Okay. You could bomb around Wakanda. And it was actually quite fun, to be honest. Okay, all right. You, you go into Wakanda, you're Black Panther, and it's like, yeah, this is kick-ass, man. Um, how bad guys got into a can't die, I still have no idea. But, um, you know, I didn't let that dwell on me too much. Yeah, I don't try not to think too much on it. Yeah. But no, it was fun. And so, so there's no expansion coming with Spider-Man. It's just a, an extra character you can choose. Has that been confirmed? I don't think it's been confirmed. But again, uh, we've not had it not confirmed either. So Sure. <laughs> that's so that's it, my feeling. I feel yeah. like if there was more to this DLC, they would have probably been singing its praises by now. The fact that it's coming out this month and they've said nothing on it, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't yeah. think it's going to be much. So it's going to be more Kate Bishop than Black Panther. Yeah, but they've yeah. treated a lot of this the same way, though. You know, like the mm. Hawkeye stuff came out and it was like, and it's arrived! And everyone went, what? <laughs> yeah surprise oh, oh cool okay and then they, they, they treated the the, the uh, black panthers stuff a bit with a bit more reverence um so you know we got a couple of trailers be- leading into it but again you know that was like it's coming and everyone went indignant great yeah <laughs> oh do i really want to reinstall avengers oh i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna reinstall it I, really I, need will, to finish it and... I will check out Spider-Man for sure. Um, good, luck, but... good, luck, good luck to you both. Thanks, man. It's Spider-Man. It got to you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather just re-download 2018 and just play that through again. True. <laughs> true. If there's nothing else, there'll be something to talk about in the podcast. You know? Yeah, that's true. I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, opinions <laughs> on the state of it. Uh, right then, um, let's jump into um, the Ubisoft stuff because this is quite interesting and well worth a listen to. Um, I'm reading from Eurogamer, Mr. Matt Wales. A better Ubisoft, a group of Ubisoft employees campaigning for improved working conditions by the publisher, has launched a petition seeking public support for reform following what it sees as an inadequate response to its demands from senior management. Last summer saw a wave of Ubisoft employees calling out toxic work conditions within the company, including allegations of serious sexual misconduct aimed at members at senior management. After which Ubisoft CEO, Yves Guillemot, pledged to do everything in his power to ensure that everyone feels welcome, respected and safe. At the time, a better Ubisoft reiterated its key demands for improving working conditions, stop promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, team to team, with no repercussions to cycle needs to end. We want a collective seat at the table to have a meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward from here, and cross-industry collaboration to agree to a set of ground rules and processes that all studios should can use to, ha- should can use to handle these offenses in the future. This collaboration must heavily involve employees in non-management positions and union representatives. So this is a very interesting thing. And what they have done uh, quite interestingly is reach out publicly. So if you go to at a better Ubisoft on Twitter, so at a better Ubisoft, all one word, you can sign a petition uh, 
to kind of show your support for it. And this is something that I've done. And um, I'm sure some of the other guys on the Thinking Arts podcast has done it as well. Um, because we all play Ubisoft games. I've been playing a Ubisoft game. I'm pushing 70 odd hours now on Far Cry 6. And I love that game. And I love what they do. And so, yeah, I'd love to see Ubisoft uh, developers get a bigger slice of the cake because um, fully deserved. Um, Miles, do you know anything about, have you um, been reading about a better Ubisoft? Do you think that they're going about this the right way? I mean, I followed quite a lot of uh, the news when it all broke and Ubisoft were not exactly forthcoming in terms of acknowledging the allegations, doing anything about them. There were lots of reports of cover-ups, HRs getting involved and, you know, it was more victims were being forced out of the company to protect the people who were doing bad stuff. And it, it feels when the Activision stuff then happened, it was like it felt like a carbon copy. Again, just maybe on a slightly bigger scale for Activision, but it definitely wasn't... a uh, an isolated thing in Ubisoft you know it was apparently pretty widespread as a culture and I've I kind of looked up about this and how they said you know it's been 100 days and basically nothing has really changed and it's it's just quite damning isn't it I know some some of the the heads and not CEOs but quite the 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 executives I think it is um some of them have left the company um I think it says resigned they've been allowed to resign which given the allegations made against them. It's quite interesting, I think, in and of itself. Um, but I just, I like Ubisoft games and I am one who can separate, you know, art from artist and that kind of thing. And I always think the developers of games, you know, they shouldn't be in the firing line for what their managers or the higher-ups in their company are doing to them. And, you know, if you boycott the game, are you making the company suffer? Are you making the developers suffer? It becomes a real difficult topic, doesn't it? But I feel like Ubisoft have purposely been trying to dodge and avoid and not take any proactive action to deal with what was raised. And there was some really serious stuff in there. We obviously got a lot more detail with Activision's, but Ubisoft's was definitely no walk in the park. And there was a lot of really bad stuff that was going down. And yeah, it's one of those where you want these companies just to clean up the act and to just sort themselves out and do it properly. And I think, you know, if you're the CEO of a company going through all those allegations and after a hundred days, you're still being outed as having not really done anything to solve the problem. I think that's pretty damning on, you know, your role within that. Yeah. I find it tough because I do like their games and I'd want to support the developers. I always like, you know, putting money back to the people who, you know, have make us these games and give us these experiences and, you know, some of the Ubisoft indies that I've played in the past have been incredible. And, you know, I want more of that. I want to make sure the people who make those games are reimbursed properly. And I'll be signing that petition because they absolutely deserve to work in, in good conditions and not be harassed and abused and everything else. And I just want them to make games with a hierarchy of people who support them in doing that rather than making their lives hell every day. So, yeah, I just, I find it sad. I find it really sad that these companies are still managing to avoid cleaning up the racks when they're doing such horrible stuff for no no reason it's just awful um but i'm hopeful that you know if we show our support maybe something will change and move forward with it but yeah, yeah. we'll have to hope absolutely completely agree uh sean any thoughts on this i do have thoughts um changing the culture of a company is a very difficult task this is something that i I'm currently in the progress of trying to attempt at my current employer. We have like a, a task group and we've done lots and lots of workshops and come, you know, culture 
in general is an in incredibly difficult thing to change within an organization. And 100 days is a drop in the ocean compared to how long it takes to change a culture. I understand that people want immediate change and it's it would be fantastic if those everything that everybody wanted to be addressed would be addressed quickly and i think um obviously some some of the allegations needed to be addressed loads earlier than it actually was done you know it took for it to become public for some people to be fired when you know in in actual fact that should have been three hr meetings previous there are some things in those demands that are going to take time and I, I hope that we are still having this conversation in 300 days, 400 days, so that we can see that culture change. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight. And I'm just happy that they are still committed to this cause. I just hope that this is still a conversation. We're still, I hope there is not a conversation we have to have in the future because we've had this, this, this conversation for long enough for it to change, is what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't have a lot to add. Uh, I think you guys have known it. Um, yeah. You yourself, guys, you deserve better. And hopefully things will get better for you because we love your games and we will continue to play them. Um, on, on a very different note, um, I just wanted to drop this in. Did you read about um, Lone McLogan this week? Yep. I have not. So... Um, I won't go into this a lot, but it's probably worth mentioning. Um, we got a press release uh, this week, as did, I imagine, a lot of people uh, from Flynn's Arcade in regards to Lone McLogan, a Western adventure which is now available on Switch and Steam. Now, the press release is a very typical press release. Um, you've got trailer links, you've got press kit links, you've got where it's coming out and it's when it's coming out. At the bottom, it says, we would love it if you could try out before and as a favor, if you could give, if you could give us a little review slash stream slash tweet, slash TikTok dance, slash send nudes, slash acute sneeze, wherever you fix better with your time and target. So a good proportion of the game industry got this email, obviously. And before you know it, the developers of Lone McLogan were getting a lot of shit about their PR asking for nudes to send them a code for a video game. And rightfully... Um, there, the guy that wrote this uh, sent back a bit of an apology statement. Um, with it's a it's a good email, but this got way out of hand way too quickly, and Logan may have suffered uh, because of it. Of course, they didn't know anything about this. They hire a PR company to do this on their behalf, and yeah, they started talking shit. So um, I went. Uh, they got the email sent to us, and uh, it says. I am sorry for the offense caused to all those who received it, but especially to the developer studio at Lone McLogan. They have worked on the game for four years with a lot of love and effort and do not deserve to be dragged into this controversy because of my bad work, which I repeat has been my sole and exclusive responsibility. Also to the studio where I work, Flynn's Arcade that has blindly trusted me and has been working hard for many years within the studios to be splashed by my malpractice and dragged into criticism they do not deserve. As responsible for my for communication, I accept each and every one of the angry reactions that may have caused the press release and criticism towards me for my bad work. As a professional, I feel crushed for not having measured the consequences of the phrase, and personally, I feel that I have offended many people by a phrase of such bad taste as the one I have used. I will not put the studio seal because it does not deserve to be linked to me. 
from here, my most heartfelt apologies to all parts that have been implicated. I'm sincerely sorry. So that's Beatrice, who was responsible for the press release sent from Logan on behalf of Flynn's Arcade. Uh, yeah. What do you think? So I, I am in two minds about this. So we have had uh, press releases about um, Logan for many months. And the paragraph in question has been the same sans tic-tac dance, send nudes, and a cute sneeze. So the exact paragraph has been sent to us three or four times. I checked this today. Um, and it, they all were sent by Beatrice, um, who is a female PR director in Madrid and Spain. Um, I, I guess it's, it's a fuck up. Yeah, that, that should never have gone out. Yeah, and it it's not a good look. And but but the way that this was portrayed by a lot of people who dogpiled this company was that this was a a person being sexist towards women. This is a woman who tried to make the PR um, email uh, more attention grabbing. You know, we've had the same email three times, and we've not covered it. And I get the feeling that this was a, oh shit, there's no one's covering our game. Let's try and jazz up this press release. And it was done in a bit of desperation because this is, you know, Flynn's Arcade is a small publisher. You know, I think we, we've we've not covered any of their games, um, but we've had all the emails for them. And it's kind of like, I I get the fact that she was trying to be funny and it wasn't funny. But I also get the fact that you know this. This is pe- this is stuff that people see regularly in our industry, and and immediately jumped to the conclusion that this was a man, you know, sending out a press release asking for nudes, which happens, you know. And I just feel sorry for this person who sent the email because you know there's a lot of people who there are a few people who have made worse mistakes currently asking for her job to, to for her to be fired. Or to quit, and it's it's. Um, I just really don't like the dog pile that's come out of this. Um, not a big fan. I think it, you know the the apology was sincere enough, and this shouldn't have happened in the first place. And they will learn from this absolutely. Um, I just don't think this person's career is is worth ruining over a bad taste joke, um, which was was has been taken in the context of the rest of the shit that this industry goes through but this person um is is not a male asking for people to send nudes this is a woman who tried to make a a a press release more attention grabbing and i just i feel sorry for everyone involved everyone who got it 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 sucks everyone who sent it it sucks the developers you your game is now tarred by a shitty pr email that shouldn't have gone out that sucks and i feel sorry for flynn's arcade because they're a tiny publisher trying to do what they can and it sucks so yeah and i know that you know there's a lot of people that have, have been really offended by this email and i get that but also you know this this wasn't some dude um you know it's creeping into someone's dms mm. <laughs> this was this was a genuine attempt to get more attention yeah, just a, just just a crappy email, effectively. Yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. It's just 
it sucks, man. This, this, like, I, I woke up the other day and I was like, what the fuck is going on with Twitter? They're all like dogpiling on this email that I said. I, I read the email and just fucking skimmed through it. Never even fucking like, yeah, I went me through too. it. It was like, <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah. And it was like, okay. <laughs> mm. and, and a lot of people are really pissed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and I understand that like that is probably an outlier of an opinion. <laughs> And it's probably not going to be make me very popular. I know someone unfriend like unfollowed me on Twitter when I said, "Not a big fan of the dog pile going on right now," um, which is, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but but also like, you don't need to ruin a woman's career over some bad words. Indeed. We we need more women in the games industry, not less. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just don't ask for news if you want code. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's, Just don't do you that. know. Let's let's not do that. Let's move on from the. Let's move on as a better industry together. Uh, right then, um, just before our recommendations, um, Xbox Game Pass are teasing that something orange is coming to Xbox Game Pass this week. So we've got two options. It's either Crash Bandicoot or it's the orange box. Miles, what would you rather have in Game Pass this week? Uh, I'm going to say the orange box. Ooh, can you imagine if it's the orange box? Was I, the Orange Box uh, ever released on Xbox? Yeah. Was it? I played it on Xbox. Oh, okay. yeah, 360. Was Two Fortress 2 on it? Yep. Yeah. And Portal and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's rumors going around. There might be the Orange Box, but no confirmation yet. Of course, as is typical, by the time this podcast goes up, it might be confirmed. But, uh, yeah, speculation is always fun. Absolutely. It might be Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. Who knows? Something Orange. But yeah, the orange box is sort of where people are leaning, and that'll be a killer month. Maybe it's Bubsy 3D. Maybe it is Bubsy 3D. I mean, that would be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? How great would that be? I will absolutely completely turn to Xbox. I will get rid of my PS5. <laughs> if only you had an Xbox in a bag waiting to be set up. It's it's out of the bag now. Wow. Proud of you, man. Yeah, it's there. Proud of you. It's, it's prepared. <laughs> I just need a game to start it up for now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, right then, let's get into our recommendations. Uh, Sean, what's your recommendation for the week? Mine is a game called East Shade, which um, East Shade rules. Yeah, do you know this is the game that um, I covered so much leading up to the release of it released. I know that if you reviewed it, didn't you? Give it an eight out of ten. I did. Yeah, it's a lovely game. And so, this game is like a basically it's Skyrim without any combat. You're going around this fantasy world where there's lots of different um, anthropomorphic people who want pictures painting of things. And you are a painter, so you can satisfy that need. And uh, you can go around collecting, crafting materials to make new canvases, etc. I originally played it, bounced off it immediately because there was just so much going on at that time. I played about two hours worth and just, it just kind of faded off it. You know, it was, it was fine. I got what I wanted out of it. And, um, Having recently finished uh, Life is Strange 2 on the PS4 in my bedroom, I needed a new midnight game to get me through to 1am. And um, this was it. This is my chill-out game now, in bed. And it's so fucking peaceful. So good. If you want a very chilled-out game to play, get your shade. Um, yep. It's so nice. This amazing vistas, you know, Got the paint yourself a picture about you know these fantasy worlds with you know this red sunset every single night, 
there's never any bad weather. It's just so nice. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, and there's some quirky characters in there that, that are worth meeting. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little game to play if you're looking for something a little bit different. If you, um, if you hook up Game Pass to your phone, you can play Unpacking at midnight, and that'll be a very relaxing game for you in the evenings. I just play it on the Xbox. Is your Xbox in your bedroom? Uh, no, I can just project it to my TV. Okay. Um, I just, I'm, I'm waiting for that. that I think that's a, a Christmas game. Yeah, fair. And along with Call of Duty and <laughs> <laughs> the, the rest of the, like, Four Cry 6, I'm going to finish off eventually uh, once I've finished Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1. Ah, yes. Very exciting. Oh, next week. I can't Ooh. wait to talk about that, son. Anyway. Bring it on. Uh, Miles, your recommendation for the week? Uh, again, I've not actually had that much going on this week. God um, damn it, Miles. You know that we do the podcast every, every Monday. I know. What are you doing? I'm always bad at recommendations. I suck at this. But I have been watching a series on Netflix, which, again, you're probably just going to call me a nerd again. I feel like I'm getting a bit of a complex about it. <laughs> um, but it's called Age of Samurai Battle for Japan. Um, it's like a pseudo-recreation of the kind of final bit of the Sengoku, Sengoku, am I saying that right, period of the kind of samurai age in Japan. So it kind of follows all the various leaders and battles and wars and everything else. And it kind of follows like before samurai became like the honourable kind of ideals of what we know them to be in history now. Um, And they used to just be really bloodthirsty and used to just betray each other and sons used to betray dads and all just used to kill each other just for whatever reason they felt like, to be honest. And um, it was really interesting watching it because as I was hearing some of the names crop up and the different leaders, I remember reading Toby's review of Samurai Warriors, was it seven? And I was like, oh, this is what Toby was talking about in his review. So I might go back and reread it now that I actually understand what half of it means. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite into history and stuff and Samurai kind of history has always kind of interested me. Um, but it's like a semi-documentary, but they also recreate a lot of the scenes with actors and that kind of thing. Um, and they've also done similar series about uh the leaders of rome which was really cool um so yeah if you want to learn about history but without it feeling like learning about history and you get to watch people you know go to war and stuff uh you can't really go wrong with it so yeah i'd recommend that nice yeah you're not a nerd miles i mean i am and i'm quite happy to own it to be honest (laughs) nerd nerd i don't want to give you a complex that's just damn Ah, i'm only pulling your chain mate it's all good it's only because you come to like, oh, yeah, my, my favorite game this week has been an RTS. Like, what? That's no like one's RTSs. favorite game for the week. I know. And, and to be fair, it's also justified to give me abuse because I like RTSs on console, which is just, it's just <laughs> not a thing. So, yeah, no. Oh, crack on. Yeah, exactly. So, crack on with the abuse. It's funny. I know the that. first one I ever played, I don't know if this counts as an RTS, but in terms of strategy games, I played Command and Conquer 64. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, wow. Man. Yeah. Don't How play a strategy game that? with an N64 controller. <laughs> N64 controller was bad at the best of times. I rented it from Blops the Video one weekend and it went back very quickly. <laughs> Within two hours, it was back at the store. Yeah. Do you have like PTSD flashbacks about that game? Sometimes, yeah. 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 yeah got, somebody brings up an RTS. Got, got a nine out of 10 on N64 magazine. So I was like, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Damn. Obviously, the standards were low back then. They the were like, one out. oh, sorry, Karen. They were like, it's a strategy game on N64, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had one of these before. No, exactly, yeah. Compared Sorry. to the rest of the genre, it's still a 9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only one. The only it's one the gets only a 9 one. out of 10. Yeah, We've got to much. pick it up or we'll never get any more again. And we shouldn't. 
Um, uh, let's see. Uh, What's about your recommendation? Sorry, money, you finished? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I just remember playing Stormrise back on the PS3, and it was one of the worst things I've ever played in my life. Oh, jeez. So that was fucking abysmal, and I paid full price for it, and I traded it back in the next day, and I got half the price for it, and I was devastated. And that taught, that taught me how to be an adult after that. Yeah, there's RTSs on Game Pass, so you can hook up a keyboard and a mouse to your Xbox and just play it properly. Oh, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> now I have no excuses anymore. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That is my mind blown. Yeah, I didn't know that until um because what was it? Two Park Hospital came out and oh. it came out on PS4, and I was like, this is great, but can I hook up keyboards and mouses to my PS4? And apparently not. Oh. But uh you could on Xbox, and I didn't have one at the time. So uh yeah. Well, I've learned something today. This has hey. changed my horizon. There you go. Changing, you, changing lives one step at a time. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, one part at a time. Uh, what's my recommendation? Um, I was going to say Taskmaster, which is a show on Channel 4. It's been around for like seven or eight years now. There's 12 series deep. It started on Dave. And I don't think it gets enough love. I don't think it gets enough credit because it is one of the funniest shows that's on TV and it has been for a long time now. Um, it stars uh, Greg Davies and Alex Horn. And Alex Horn just sets these amazing tasks for five celebrities to do. And celebrities have to do these crazy tasks. And they stay throughout the entire series. And there's a winner at the end and they get a trophy. It's a very simple concept, but some of the tasks are absolutely hilarious. And I fall off my sofa laughing that show almost every week because it's so damn funny. And it's on Channel 4's on Thursday at 9 p.m. It's really the only thing I watch on TV anymore. And yeah, you can catch up with every single one on UK TV Play or Catch Up or any Catch Up service that you have, they're all on there. It's hilariously brilliant. And yeah, it deserves more of an audience, I think. More people going raving about it because it's it's a great show. So that's it, really. That's my recommendation. Go watch Taskmaster. It will improve your life. Good recommendation. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, man. Thoroughly enjoying the new series with um, Victoria Corin Mitchell doing tasks, which is very funny. I, I am still like three or four seasons behind. Okay. Uh, we binged the first like six or seven seasons, um, like just in the space of about two weeks. Uh, and then we slowed down a bit. I think it got a bit too, too task mastery. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the new season, um, at the culmination of the new season, I'm probably going to watch it all in a day. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Sit in my pants on a Sunday, like you did with your five hours of, Halo stream mm-hmm. and uh, just take it all in. <laughs> just want to—I didn't do that. I just want to stress. They yes, keep thinking you did. I did, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Doritos all around you, Mountain <laughs> Dew balls, just no oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Stroking the TV, give it to me now. That, that was absolutely incredible. Jeff Keeley style Doritos and Dewey the side of you. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you bring that man's name into my joy? Mine is synonymous with Halo. That's all I'm saying. Fucking hell. (laughs) Uh, Right then, let's go to out this week. Are you set for out this week, Sean? Or do you want me to do it? I will be in a second. Okay. We've got a hell of a week ahead of us. Bloody hell. All right. uh, Let's have a look. Releases. Please work internet. Yay. All right. Okay. This next week. We have, okay, what day we start? November 9th, isn't it? Okay. Yes. So if, if you're listening to this on the day that it goes up, we have Airborne Kingdom finally coming to consoles. 
um, so PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox, etc. Very cool looking game about building a city in the sky. Also on November 9th, we have Jurassic World Evolution 2. <laughs> oh my god, that was a noise. Sorry. <laughs> also coming out, My Singing Monsters Playground. No excitement for that one. <laughs> no. And uh, also Football Manager 2022. Oh yeah. And also Forza Horizon 5. So if you have Game Pass, you are set today. If you're listening to this podcast, stop listening once this podcast ends and go and download yourself some Forza, Forza, sorry, and some Football Manager. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow on November 10th, Alchemist Simulator is hitting Xbox and 890B, which is a game included in our indie game list for this month, is coming out on consoles. It's basically a game about finding a planet for humanity to settle on because we fucked up our own. Um, November 11th, Skyrim Anniversary Edition is, is releasing. Oh Fox. my fuck's oh my. sake. That's what Sean is doing on November 11th. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send my apologies for the podcast for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a free upgrade, isn't it? It is. For anyone oh who my. Special edition on PS4 and Xbox and PC, you'll get this edition for gratis. Oh it's my free. god. Also on the 11th is the Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy de- Definitive Edition slash remastered slash shiny shiny. Um, Good times. If you've got Game Pass, you'll get uh, San Andreas. If you've got PlayStation Now, you'll get GTA 3. And if you're on Switch, you'll have to buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on the 11th, uh, Treasures of the Aegean, a very cool roguelike time looping game um, with a cool art style. And also American Hero, which is an amazing H- F- FMV game that was like a relic from the past, which was released, was developing during the 80s, but was never finished. And now this uh, developer has, has gone out and finished it off, um, which that's coming out on the 11th. Also out on the 11th is Synthetic 2, Epic Chef, um, Whiskey Mafia, Leo's Family, and A Pretty Odd Bunny. Oh, and Bright Memory Infinite, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh my Nintendo god! Switch, what a day! What a Jesus, day. what a haul! I'm glad that only one. Like, if you if you if you're smart, you can spend like 120 quid there easily. Mm. <laughs> Oops. Um, November 12th, Venus Improbable Dreams, which is a visual novel about mental health. Uh, Guy Noog, which is a shooter, is coming out on consoles. Shin Megami Tensei Five is coming out on the Switch. Uh, and then we've not got anything else until November 16th, which is, you know, am I, am I covering November 16th? Is that the Monday? 12, 13, 14, no, 16th Tuesday. There we go. Then. That is all that you've got for this week. I mean, I say all. <sighs> this could be expensive. It's a pretty big damn week. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm excited to play San Andreas to jump into that again with shiny visuals. And I'm excited to fish in Skyrim. Look, look, don't, don't do it, man. <laughs> look, the, the game is addictive oh, no. enough as it is. <laughs> I am very tempted to stream it and try and do the whole nuclear winter thing. Yeah. Um, when I play the game without a single weapon. I just got to remember I can use magic. I'm going to give myself the ability to use healing magic. Just healing magic. Yeah. And then try and punch my way through Skyrim. I just stressed that Football Manager 2022 is out now on Xbox. So this doesn't matter, obviously, because it, you know, as we're recording this, it landed on Game Pass while we were recording. But it's scheduled so, to release tomorrow. I know. Jumped out a little early. 
But is it the Xbox version or the PC version? Is the Xbox edition? Well, I'm going to wait for the PC one because I don't want the shitty version. <laughs> That's fair. Although it might be on Game Pass for PC as well. I haven't checked that. Well, if it is, then uh, I'm definitely sending my apologies for the rest of the year. And, Football uh, manager and the new Skyrim on the same <laughs> week. Fucking hell. And Forza launches at midnight. Very exciting. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Leave me some Forza. It's already installed on my Series S, so bring it on. Very exciting. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below for all the links. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at F-N-G-R-G-N-S and all of our individual handles are in the description below. Don't forget, if you really like what we do, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fingerguns for $1 a month. You can keep the podcast up on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. Oh man, I'm getting so good at that now. But that's it. We'll see you again next week. So it is goodbye from Miles Thompson. See you later. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast.